get into the Word of God? Who's ready to encounter God? I am. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Pastor Mel as she shares a word this morning. Fantastic. Awesome. How good is it to be in the house of God? I'm just going to scoot this along, probably scratch the floorboard. Sorry, city of Joondalup. Eli fix it later. Are we good? How is everyone? When Pastor Adele mentioned Alpha Crucis, myself, um, Adele and Jacob, we all study with Alpha Crucis and it's exam and assignment time at the moment. So we're sort of all like that anxiety thing. I mean, I can't wait to get into the study. That'll be awesome. Um, So pray for us. But um, Tim Healy is such an amazing uh, speaker. So make sure, I mean, every Sunday you need to be in the house. It's such an amazing uh, place to be able to position yourself to hear the word of God, to gather with family, to worship the King. Um, but on the 19th of June, make sure you're here to uh, be here to hear from Pastor Tim. I know he's going to bring an amazing word. He spoke to our volunteers, I think it was last year, and it was just incredible. Um, but today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. And who enjoyed that worship, by the way? It was awesome. And um, yeah, put your hands together. And, and for those that don't know, Pentecost Sunday is a day that we celebrate in the Christian calendar of when the uh, first believers received the Holy Spirit. And so that's a day that, that that's what's, why it's called Pentecost Sunday. And it was a game changer for the believers at that time. It was a game changer for them and it's a game changer for us today. Um, Our movement, Australian Christian Churches, if it's traced all the way back, came out of the Azusa Street Revival in 1906 in LA, which changed the world of Christianity. Uh, And it all began with 15 people in somebody's house, and that's 15 people including kids, in somebody's house and it started with a prayer meeting and it literally exploded across the world growing at such great speed. And one of the reasons that the Azusa Street Revival was set apart from other believers was because they believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what set them apart. They believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the reason why William Seymour, he was the pastor of Azusa Street Revival, uh, the reason why he started that prayer meeting with the 15 people was because he got fired from his job as a pastor because he began to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so it's something that we believe in as part of our movement, Australian Christian Churches. It's something that we believe in here at Everyday Church. You know, we're Pentecostals. Uh, We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe it plays such an integral part in your walk with God. And so um, today, I think, is an important service. It's a, it, as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, this is a key service. You know, I love that song that we sung just then, set a fire in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. You know, so it's the power of the Holy Spirit that literally wants to explode. You know, it's not enough just to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. It's not enough to, to just accept Jesus Christ into your heart. Yes, that's good. Please believe that uh, God sent Jesus to this earth and he died on the cross and he rose again uh, to give you freedom and victory and forgiveness of sins and all of that. But it needs to go past that. It has to go past that to a place where we embrace the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. In uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 5, Jesus said this, and he was speaking to his disciples at that time, do not leave Jerusalem, 
but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So yes, give your heart to Jesus Christ, accept him into your life, so key. Uh, And yes, when you do that, when you do accept Jesus Christ into your life, you do get the Spirit of God. But there's a difference. There is a difference. There's a difference to when you give your heart to Jesus Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, you get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. But we're talking about a full immersion in the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is separate uh, to that. Some people explain it like this. Are we all settled? Some people explain it like this. When you become a believer... When you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. The, the God comes and lives inside of you, Christ in you, when you become a believer. However, when you are baptised in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit comes over you, it covers you, it, it rests on you, it's, it, you're immersed in it, inside and out. I heard uh, Chris uh, Volaton from Bethel Church say it like this, you drink a glass of water, it's in you, but you jump in the ocean... <laughs> It's all around you. You are now in God. And so that's the difference. And that's what we're talking about this morning, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is a gift for everyone. It is a gift for everyone. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate against gender. Does not, it, it is for male and female. The Bible says the Spirit was poured out upon all people, male and female. The Holy Spirit does not discriminate against age. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the old and the young too. And the Holy Spirit is for every single believer. And today, this morning, we want to pray for every person, if you so choose, uh, to be baptised in the Holy Spirit if you're not already. Or if you are, we want to pray for you for a fresh and filling, to fan the flame of the gift that God has given you, to reignite. Oh, Lord, revive us again. Who knows we need revival? Who knows we need revival? It sounds like definitely in this church. (laughs) Wow. Who knows we need revival? You're here. Praise Jesus. We need to get things fired up this morning. I mean, we're going to get Dan and Karen back up here with that song. Uh, Fire down in my soul that I can't control. It needs to be bursting out of us. And so we're going to open up the altar this morning and we're going to pray for you. For Revive me again, O Lord. Ignite that flame that when when you laid hands and you received it, ignite it again. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, today is your day. Today is your day. Acts chapter 8 verse 15 says this, When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers where there they... Hang on a minute, let me start that again. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, uh, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. 
And so baptism in the Holy Spirit and fan that flame, fan that flame, so get ready. But, you know, I know what it's like to give a really good gift to someone and them not use it. So uh, we purchase uh, bikes for our boys, uh, top-of-the-range bikes. They're really good bikes. We know a guy that works at a bike shop and he's super generous towards us. And so we had these amazing bikes. I mean, I would have loved one of these bikes when I was a kid. They're pretty epic. Uh, and except the only issue was is they just sat in the garage. They just sat in the garage and myself and Jacob couldn't understand why uh, my boys, they were age six and seven at the time, why aren't they riding these bikes? These are amazing, brand new, sparkly, shining bikes just sitting in the garage and we just, we just couldn't understand it. Uh, and then we realised we needed to actually teach them how to ride the bikes and so <laughs> we're like, just a parenting, you know. We, but anyway, and so we got them out there and, and, and we began to teach them how to ride these bikes and pretty quickly they learnt how to ride these bikes and they discovered how amazing it was and they, 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 they discovered this a sense of control, I guess. You know when you're a little kid and you begin to ride and you're like, this is awesome. You have freedom, you have control, you, you, you can go wherever you want, you know, you, you're beginning to operate something, you know, that you're in control of because, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're not in control of very much, are you? It's your parents, can you do this, can you do that, blah, 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 or maybe it's just my kids. But they, they, they began to learn this and they began to operate these bikes and they were having so much fun and they were like, why didn't you tell us about this earlier? And we're like, <laughs> bang your head up against a brick wall. Um, but just as parents, it brought us so much joy to see our children enjoying the gifts that we gave them. It brought us so much joy to see them experiencing so much joy, you know, that as parents, what, um, you know, and just seeing them as they ride to school now and they, and they ride around the neighbourhood. Caleb, my eldest, is now, you know, he's, he's getting a bit more freedom around the neighbourhood and he's loving that, you know, just to go a little bit further. It's not just where we can't see you, you know. He's, he can go further and he's enjoying the experience of that from these gifts that, that as parents we have given them. And, you know, I think about God as our parent. I think about him as our heavenly father and the gift that he has given us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I wonder if we are leaving this gift parked <laughs> like the bikes were parked in the garage. Are we leaving this gift parked and, and, and it's not going anywhere and it's not moving? And I wonder... Are we interacting and utilising this gift that, that God has given us? Our Abba Father, Daddy God, our heavenly, as a parent, he, is, he promised us this gift. Are we accessing the gift of the Holy Spirit? Are we tapping into it as much as he would like? Are we bringing him joy? Finally, the boys were bringing us joy by utilising these bikes. Are we bringing our Heavenly Father joy, tapping into this gift of the Holy Spirit? Are we walking in the fullness of all he has for us? You know, how many things can we name that we are doing in our lives that we wouldn't be able to do without the Holy Spirit? How many things can you name that you were doing in your life that you wouldn't be able to do without the Holy Spirit? Are we unwrapping the gift of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives? You know, we read earlier, Jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gifts my Father promised. 
which you've heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit. You know, it must have been pretty important for the disciples to receive this gift as they were instructed not to go anywhere until they received it. So it must have been pretty important. In fact, it was the last words really that Jesus said to them before he floated up into a cloud. That's what he said to them. Don't go anywhere, just wait. Because a power is going to come upon you that you're going to need to preach the gospel. And then he floated up into a cloud. Do you know people's last words on their deathbed, let's just say? I mean, you want to be listening. You've got to be listening. What's he saying? This is what he said. And, you know, we're all disciples of Jesus Christ. You go, oh, well, that's for the disciples, Mel. It's, it's them, it's not us. You know, the disciples were not an elite group of people. You know, they, 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 you don't have to read your Bible uh, for very long <laughs> to realise that they're not an elite group of people, super spiritual. They're just like me and you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a disciple. They weren't a special group. What's good for them is good for us today. And so then Jesus goes on to say this, <coughs> but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So there is a power that comes upon us when we are baptised in the Holy Spirit and it is a power that we receive to fulfil the calling upon our life, to, to walk in our purpose, to, to walk in our destiny. We need this power from the Holy Spirit. And it is those that are empowered and filled and anointed and overflowing with the Holy Spirit that truly make a difference in the lives of others for eternity. For eternity. We're speaking things of eternity here. Making a difference in the lives of others for eternity is so key and so integral. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of power. It's a gospel of power. The supernatural work of the Holy Spirit is what changes lives and transforms communities. It's the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that they needed this gift and we still need it today. We still need it today. And he knew the disciples couldn't do it in their own strength. They couldn't do it with their own words. And I don't care how good you are with your words. You still can't do it with your own words. Your own wise words, you cannot do it. You need the power and the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how gifted you are of a communicator, you still need the power of the Holy Spirit. And they couldn't do it with their own words, not even Peter. Peter was the bold speaker, was he? Not. Uh, they couldn't do it with their own intellect. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't do it with their own love. Our own love runs out eventually, doesn't it? You give and you give and you give some more and then, oh, hang on a minute, I'm about to burn out because I've got nothing left. That's because you're giving out of your own love. That's not what we're called to do. We're meant to be giving out of God's love and God's love is called agape love and that love comes from him to us and through us and on to others. But if we're not going back to him to fill up, somewhere it's going to stop because then you start giving out of your own love and then you're in trouble. So it has to come from the Father through us and to others. It's called agape love. And so, the, so God knew that. Jesus knew that. He, they had to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit because he knew that they couldn't be given 
out of their own tanks. They couldn't be giving out of their own strength. There was no power in that. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples did as Jesus asked. Praise Jesus, right? They did as Jesus had asked and they waited. And so they're all in one room together, 120 of them, and they began to pray. What do you do when you wait and you're waiting? What do we do, we? What do we do, we? What do we do, we? Gosh, I'm loving this interaction. If I've got to be awake and moving and energetic, so can you, right? Well, that's why you're the pastor, Mel. Well, I don't know. We're all in this. We're all ministers of Jesus Christ, right? We're all a minister, correct? We're all a minister. We've all been given the gospel of reconciliation. We've all been called to preach the gospel so we can interact, amen? And so they began to pray and they did this for 10 days. You know, I don't know if you notice, if you've been around everyday church long enough, we have 10-day prayer meetings. It's because we can't do 21 days. It's Pastor Adele's fault. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, should we do 10 instead of 21? I don't know. <laughs> but 10 days is in the Bible, right? I'm just joking. It's not Pastor Adele. It's always me. Um, chocolate and salt and vinegar chips. Like, oh, it's terrible. Um, I've digressed, haven't I? And so... The disciples are in the upper room and they're waiting because Jesus told them to wait and they're praying. There's a key in that. Think about that. They're waiting. They're praying. You're waiting for something? Pray. Pray. Keep praying and pray some more. And the Bible says that they were united in prayer. There's unity in prayer. Yes, also you can pray yourself, you and to God, but there's something powerful about corporate prayer. There's something, that's why we come together when we have our 10 days of fasting and prayer. There's something powerful about that. There's something powerful about praying in your growth groups. That's why we encourage you to get along to growth group. There's power in that. There's, there's something where two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst. I am there. Yes, God answers your prayer as an individual, but there's so much power in unity. There's so much power in unity. And it says they were gripped with passion. So they're united in prayer and they're gripped with passion. And they were interceding night and day. And then the day of Pentecost came. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place and suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. Can you imagine that? Imagine if it happened right now. <laughs> the roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. I wonder what we would do. <laughs> then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. A pillar of fire, I think we've got a, um, oh, we've got the scripture, that's really cool. But also we have a pillar of fire there somewhere. A pillar of fire uh, appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them and they were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they never learned. This is what we are celebrating today, the, the day of Pentecost, the day the first believers received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you notice, we just read about speaking in tongues. Dare I say that in a Pentecostal church? Uh, and I know many struggle with it. There are some that struggle with it. 
And, 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 and if you think it's weird, uh, it's because it is weird. It's weird. It was weird back then and it kind of is weird today. You know, the, the disciples were ridiculed when they began to speak in tongues. If you read on a little bit further and you can go and jump in your Bible yourself and have a read, but, but they were accused of, of they were uh, being teased and poked fun at and were accused of being drunk. So they, were, they thought that there were people back then, crowds that thought it was weird and were teasing people back then. It is a little bit, but it doesn't matter what we think, does it? It matters what God's doing. It doesn't matter what we think. It matters what God is doing. God isn't limited to our own thinking. He's not limited to our own opinions. He's not limited to our own mindsets. He doesn't have to come down to our level. He doesn't have to minimize himself to get into our small little boxes because we don't understand. He doesn't have to do that. He's God. And that's the day of Pentecost. As they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in tongues. They began to speak in a heavenly language. The Spirit of God speaking through you to God. You don't know what you're praying because you're praying a heavenly language, but you're building up your inner man, your spiritual man. If you speak and pray in tongues, do it because you're building and strengthening uh, your inner man. When I was down at Teen Challenge, Adult and Teen Challenge, um, and I was being discipled, they're like, Mel, you have like a skinny stick man, spiritual man. You need to put some muscle. You need to put some muscle on your stick man, your spiritual stick man. And the way you put muscle on your stick man is by praying in tongues because it builds up your inner man. It builds up your spiritual man. And you begin to pray out as you're praying in tongues. I do it while I'm walking, not loudly. Because we don't want to be so weird that people are repelled from us. We want the Spirit of God to be drawn, correct? Uh, but I do it as I'm walking, as I'm walking, and, I'm not, and I've run out of words, my own words. Who cares anyway? They're just my words. They're human, fleshy words. I begin to pray in tongues, and it builds up my spiritual man. I begin to pray out God's will for my life. I begin to pray it out. It's a path, and it paves the way, and then you just get to walk in it. It's pretty cool and there's an ease about it. It's so key, but I'm off my notes here, but it doesn't matter. He is God and he is, there's no limit. don't know how to say that word. I don't know why I put it in there. <laughs> Infinite, that's it. I did go to school. You know, I was brought up a Catholic. I went to a Catholic school actually, a, a private Catholic school and um, and I had my own ideas about, uh, what being born again actually was and it wasn't a positive thing to be honest like I, I I don't know how I formed my opinion because I don't I don't I don't ever remember meeting anyone when I was growing up that was a born again Christian maybe my mum could tell you different but I don't remember but I seem to form this opinion that that born again Christians were just a little a little bit weird and that was the that was the opinion that I had formed and 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 I remember just after I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and, and, um, and it was amazing, absolutely awesome, you know, a peace and joy that just came into my heart that I'd never experienced before and I could just tell that this Jesus was who I'd been searching for. But I remember as, uh, you know, a while after, I don't know how long, but it was slowly starting to dawn on me, hang on a minute, what does this mean? <laughs> does this actually mean I'm a born-again Christian? 
and uh, and 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 I was like, oh no, am, am I one of them now? What, what <laughs> like what what's going on here? Like I knew I, I knew, but what was so real and what just happened? Like you could not deny it. But am I seriously one of them now? Is that what's happening here? And, and you know what? I, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ was the way, the truth and the life and there was no other way to the Father except through him. I knew that. I knew that deep down within my heart, within my soul, I knew that. And as you read your Bible, as you read God's word, it tells you that you need to be born again. That's what it says. In John chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. And so it's in there, in the Bible. You must be born again. And it didn't take me long to reconcile this. And, and, and where I got to the place where I'm proud to be a born-again Pentecostal speaking in tongues believer and not ashamed of it. And the Bible says that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are the hope of the world. The hope of the world, a city on a hill. We cannot be shaken. And the world needs what we have, which is Jesus Christ. They need what we have, which is Jesus Christ. Put your hands together for the Lord. We are born of a different spirit. We're born of a different spirit. The Bible says that if you are a believer here this morning, you are born of a different spirit. We are foreigners in this world just passing by. And so this power that came upon the believers in the upper room on that day of Pentecost enabled those believers to perform uh, all sorts of miracles that you see right throughout the book of Acts. As you read the book of Acts, you go read it yourself. As you read the book of Acts, you see healings, you see people risen from the dead, you see demons being, people being set free from demons, you see salvations, baptisms, you see signs and wonders. And it's because they received this power from on high from the Holy Spirit. And, and this is also what set Azusa Street Revival apart from others. And it's what sets us apart today. It's what sets us apart today is this power and this gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to share the gospel with our neighbour. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the boldness to step out. You know, when someone's saying my hip hurts or my arm hurts or my chest hurts, it's like, let me pray for you. I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. There's healing in Jesus. Let me pray for you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps you get out of your embarrassment to do that and say, hey, can I pray for you? And I tell you what, when you do that, people are actually blown away. They are more receptive than you actually think. And God does something in that moment. You know, I've done that and people, there's like tears and they're just blown away by the words you speak. And it's not even you speaking it, it's God speaking it. And they're touched in that moment. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to share the love of Jesus Christ. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that uh, enables us to walk in our calling and fulfill the purpose of our life. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to tithe. It doesn't always come easy the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to do that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to step out of the boat. 
to join a growth group, to start serving, to start that business you've always wanted to, to change careers, to begin to study, whatever it may be. It's this power that enables us to do what God is calling us to do, to believe God for the impossible. However, with that power comes obedience and comes submission and comes sacrifice. There has to be obedience. There has to be submission. There has to be sacrifice. There has to be. The the path is narrow. The path is narrow. You can go on the wide path with everyone else or you can come on the narrow path. And God calls us to the narrow path. He calls us. That's where he's calling us to because there is life and eternity and forgiveness on that path. And that's where he's calling us to. The disciples needed to be obedient to the words of Jesus Christ. When he said, wait, they needed to wait. Imagine if they're like, stuff this, I'm over it, I'm sick of waiting, I'm so impatient, let's just get going. That would have been me. Oh, come on Adele, how long are we going to wait for? Let's just go. Like, I'm over this. And Adele would be like, she's the spiritual one, no, 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 let's just wait. Jesus said, wait. (laughs) Pastor Jacob's taking a break this morning, by the way. He'll be back on the 19th. We're heading off on holidays this week just to let you know but imagine that imagine if they're like no we're not waiting let's just get cracking let's just crack on with it they would have fallen flat on their faces flat on their faces no they waited and they prayed while they waited we cannot run ahead of God and we cannot lag behind we need to be in step with the Holy Spirit and when we don't obey what the Holy Spirit is saying, it's like leaving our bikes in the garage. That's what it's like. It's like leaving our bikes in the garage, brand new, sparkly, beautiful, top of the range bikes just sitting in the garage so the garage can look at them and they can look back at the garage. Not experiencing the fullness of power that is made available to us. I was speaking to Pastor Malcolm just after church last week. He said this, the foundation has been laid. The foundation has been laid, but what are we building on it? What are we building on it when it comes to Judgment Day? We'll find out. Each and every one of us at Judgment Day, we'll find out what we've been building on this foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ, but what are you building on it? What are you building on it? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any other foundation than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. And so we'll be held accountable on that day and it will be revealed in Jesus Christ. It will be revealed in Jesus Christ. And so the question is, is are you being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is calling you to? Are you baptised in the Holy Spirit? If you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit, today is your day. You need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Are you interacting and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you using the heavenly language that God has given you? If you are baptised and you pray in tongues, then pray in tongues. Every single day, pray in tongues. It's such an easy tool that you have and that you've been given. Pray in tongues. Have you received Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life. The Bible says in John chapter 3, 
Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's when your, your, your mother gave birth to you. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. There's two births, the natural and the spiritual. We've all been born in the natural. If you're sitting here today, you've been born in the natural. You need to get born in the spiritual. It's a spiritual birth. We're all born separated from our Heavenly Father. And there's only one way back to Him, and that is through Jesus Christ. It's the only way back to Him. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so if you're in this building and you've not entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're listening online, today is your day. That's the first step. You can't be baptised in the Holy Spirit unless you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. And so we're going to pray a prayer. It's a simple prayer. And if you're praying this prayer for the very first time in the building or online, mean it with all your heart. And the Bible says you are saved. If you bow your heads and follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. With every head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you lift your hand in the air, or if you're online, if you'd comment, and would love to send some resources to you. For every believer in this place, you know, we don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit anymore. We don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit anymore. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. We just need to receive it. Acts chapter 8 verse 15 says, When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might, that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And the way we receive the Holy Spirit is through faith. It's not based on feelings, it's through faith. And it's standing on the promise of our Father. He promised to give us the Holy Spirit and it's standing on that promise. And so why don't you stand to your feet? We're just going to worship. But if you would like to be baptised with this gift of the Holy Spirit, won't you come forward? But for those that are already believers and if you have the gift of the Holy Spirit already, if you would like prayer, if you're feeling like you just need something to be ignited within you, that that, that, that the fan, we need to fan the flame, flame the fan, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Revive us, O Lord. If that's you, why don't you come forward as well? We're going to sing and we're going to open up the altar here and please come forward and we'll pray for you. Greg, if you wouldn't mind taking this, please. Thank you. Don't be shy either. Let's sing.